Welcome to the Catholic Cafe, where all that the Catholic Church believes and teaches is served fresh daily. So come on in and see what's on the menu today. Now, here's your host, Deacon Jeff Drzymski. Greetings and welcome to the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff, sitting in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe, sitting here, of course, with Tom Dorian. Tom? Yes, sir. Man, we, you know we are classing the place up. We are classing so the place we got up. Some We're kind of on a roll here lately. Stuff going on. No, we got some pretty pictures hanging up on the wall. Yeah, I know. The, the dogs playing poker. I don't know how to act today. Uh, we got all these fancy artworks. Dogs playing poker. Yeah, exactly. We got the only classy You're stuff. You're not right, man. Well, because we got a we got a a, a director and curator from museum. We're, we're here to impress. That's exactly right. That's so we right. want to show him that we are classy folks. Yes. But he's going to tell us that you don't have to be classy to go to a museum either, too. So we're going to find. <laughs> we'll all fit right stuff in out. then. <laughs> exactly. So we have Scott Peck here with us, and Scott is the director curator of the Museum of Biblical Art in Dallas, Texas. Scott, welcome it's to, to the Catholic Cafe. Mm-hmm. Well, here we are, and so, like I said, we're classing the place up. It, you know, I, I don't know. About know. that, but... <laughs> yeah, sure we are, sure we are, because you're, you're bringing all this, uh, this art stuff into mm. our world. And it's interesting, uh, I just thought we'd talk about, really, art appreciation. And mm. a lot of people think, well, what does it have to do with Catholicism? And I would say it has everything to do oh, yeah. with our faith. Yeah. Doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. I mean, just uh, enter into any, any of our churches, and art is everywhere, and it's been a part of evangelism and teaching even before the bibles were in our hands or any kind of books were in our hands think about that for a moment um what's the purpose of stained glass oh yeah to teach i think that's beautiful i just think this and and so a lot of people who might think well i'm not a very artistic person Hmm. i'm not a very artistic person Hmm. in fact i just like uh uh in fact i like to go to the early morning mass when there's Mm -hmm. no singing Mm -hmm. there's we just kind of go in there and do our prayers and kind of step back out. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's bad to go to the early morning mass because some people get up earlier than I mm-hmm. do, Tom, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. You're not a morning guy. I, I like the noon mass, but that's yes. not what we're talking about today. But just the idea of sort of taking in all of the beauty that surrounds you. Absolutely. And how that beauty can actually take you to mm-hmm. another place. Absolutely. Uh, transcendence is what many times occurs with works of art. And back to the idea of even stained glass, the symbolism of light or illumination. And again, it's it's not just inspiration, but there's teaching that's going on. Yeah. And that the idea on purpose, even today in contemporary churches, a stained glass is a, is a teaching tool. Yeah, and it's beautiful. But see, not just the stained glass. We talk about the statuary. Absolutely. Right? That's some of the beautiful frescoes that you'll yeah. see in some of the uh, mosaics. And mm-hmm. you go to Rome, and you're, it's just a feast. Look at the altars. Yeah. The altars are all about art. And then, of course, the 14 stations of the cross. Yeah, beautiful uh, to, mm-hmm. to, to understand that and sort of really give us some kind of uh, physical anchor mm-hmm. on which to wrap our faith around sometimes having those uh, those experiences in our faith. So it's a good thing to do. Now, tell us about this Museum of Biblical Art in Dallas because yeah. folks are going to want to look this up uh, yeah. and check this out. This is pretty cool. Tell Thank us about so this place. Check us out on the web. is easy, www.biblicalarts.org biblicalarts.org and you can see uh, all this for yourself too but there's nothing like making pilgrimage to this museum it's an amazing place what and kind of art do you have there it's a everything has to have some association with the bible so uh, i've got 11 galleries and uh, it's everything from the great contemporary uh, uh, masters who are creating art today but we begin with kind of a history lesson um, the birthplace of biblical art or art as we know it in western civilization is from the church Right. And uh, really until modernism, 
um, all the stories or all the depictions, other than maybe a, an occasional war portrait or a royal portrait, everything was biblical, either Greco-Roman myth right. or direct biblical narrative. And you may this is something I, I, I talk about in the museum during our tours. When you think of the Greco-Roman myth, mythological artworks, whether sculpture or paintings, right. um, were they to teach you to become a pagan or hmm. teach you pagan principles? No. No. They were to teach biblical principles. And uh, that was part of what was occurring at the Renaissance with you know, the great masters really bringing biblical art to, uh, for some of us, that's kind of at zenith time as the Renaissance period where the great three, Michelangelo, um, Leonardo and Raphael, kind of the top three, but then you have the other tiers there. And right. It's interesting that uh, all those great Renaissance masters were what background? So you've, Catholic. So you've got yeah. in in your uh, in your museum, you got eleven galleries. You said so eleven galleries they're dedicated yeah. to different artists or art types, or how does that work? Well, you know, the, uh, as you walk in, it's it's a great pilgrimage to just come to Dallas to learn about biblical art and be strengthened in your faith. And uh, the first few galleries are more art historical. European art that had everything from fresco to illuminated manuscript, altar pieces, uh, even to understand that our liturgical objects like chalices, monstrances, these are all art forms and learning to appreciate them as art too. And see, people would look at that and say, well, that's just fancy or, you know, that's fanciness or, or whatever, it's superfluous too much. or whatever is too much or whatever. Yeah. But one of the great gifts of being a deacon is to be able to stand mm. next to the priest and be able mm-hmm. to be really up close and see the yeah. beauty of the altar, mm. to see the beauty of uh, uh, the precious metals that are mm-hmm. there, and some are very ornate, and, and you start thinking beautiful thoughts. Yes, that's the whole point. And sometimes we don't realize how much art is around us, and it's, it's a discovery experience. And that's what's so great about you know, working with the museum uh, it's as if the blinders come off and uh, we're, everything's illuminated and, and continues to be illuminated. It's, it's a journey. Um, so, so the more traditional historical art is there, but you, you may have not have considered some of the contemporary illustration and thought of that as art. I don't know if you've ever thought of that. Well, Prayer cards and other things like well, that. Well, you know, you, f- you, you think it's, I don't know, cheap art or something that yeah. they just they print off on a Xerox machine or whatever <laughs> and hand it out kind of a thing. And you don't, really, don't always think about it. Now, some of them are very pretty. But think about the source work. Those usually, uh, when we do get prayer cards or posters or right. bookmarks and things that are, are local Catholic bookstores, or if you go to a Protestant bookstore, um, their source is really original works of art, oil right. paintings typically. And so we feature a number of those artists that are oh, doing awesome. cutting-edge illustration. And illustration, I'm, I'm a big herald, um, you know, waving the flag about how important uh, illustration is and needs to be seriously considered as art. Th- think for a moment about Norman Rockwell. Right. So many um, art critics looked down on Norman Rockwell years ago, and that changed maybe about 10 years ago. And now all the art critics consider him to be great. And uh, so it's interesting how part of it is our zeitgeist, the spirit of our times, that mm-hmm. we sometimes discount those who are alive today or doing things that are actually reaching people. Well, you hear things like words like pop art. You know, yeah. and you get this idea that, well, if it's popular, it's for the masses. It's not really to be seriously considered, but only the the aloof, uh, you know, the aristocrat, whoever yeah. these people up in the upper echelons of society would be able to appreciate, yeah. you know, the depth of whatever. But you you mentioned Norman Rockwell. and I'd never change that. Yeah. I'd, I'd never mm-hmm. considered that. But the reality is I would know that mm-hmm. he's, he's a man that through his art, we all know now how to have mm-hmm. a Thanksgiving dinner. Absolutely. Don't we? I mean, oh, yeah. It, yeah. it needs to look like that. Yeah. 
you know, or what it needs to look mm-hmm. like when we uh, go over the river and through the woods or whatever. Yeah. Right. We've got a sense of this time-honored tradition, and it speaks mm-hmm. to our very souls. Absolutely. Right? In the same way, so modern... Uh, modern interpreters, illustrators, uh-huh. illustrators might actually help us to see God even better Absolutely. in that way. That's the whole point. And, and I, I would dare say this, um, you really haven't seen Norman Rockwell in, until you've actually seen the original works. Hmm. His, his original works are spectacular. Uh, we have a um, actually a museum in Dallas, the National Boy Scout Museum, has a great collection of uh, original Rockwells. And then the great uh, pilgrimage place for Rockwell is the big uh, uh, museum in Stockbridge, yeah. Massachusetts. But anyway, we have a whole illustration gallery, and uh, people make pilgrimage to that gallery to see a gigantic painting. It's life size. It's forty foot long, twelve foot high. It's um, life size, the Resurrection of Christ. Oh wow! And Christ is literally bursting out of the tomb, and uh, the uh, angels are on each side. The Roman soldiers, if they're slain right. on the ground. And it's based on the book of Hebrews. The author says um, in there, uh, run with endurance the race that is set before you because yes. of the great cloud of witnesses. And the author's talking about the great prophets of the past like Ezekiel and Moses and others. Well, what the artist did is he depicted some of the great heroes of the faith kind of in the spirit world all around Jesus in mm-hmm. life size. So you've got Ezekiel and Moses from the transic- uh, or, I'm sorry, Elijah and Moses from the transfiguration. Um, King David, Isaiah, uh, Queen Esther, John the Baptist, Noah. It's a spectacular painting. I bet that is spectacular. We get people in every day that just come to see this gigantic mural. Just that. Yes, sir. How about that? Well, yep. it sounds impressive, and I, w- I want to go see it. Let's now. go. We've got to make a pilgrimage. Uh, <laughs> we need to, to do go that. there. I, well, I told Scott I was going to do that, and I was going to look him up. because, You know, it's interesting. You, you say you know, you're know you the director, curator, mm-hmm. and that's an important position, I'm sure. And, and I've, you know, you, you'd be like the supermarket you know, manager that stays up in that little. Basically, yeah. Yeah, up in the upper office <laughs> with that little window <laughs> yeah. looking out, never coming down to deal with the angry customers. Oh, no, no, no. But no. I'm actually love, on, the, on the ground. Yeah. <laughs> but but you, you really love the, the art and the art world, but really yeah. specifically this biblical art and see the importance of it. So you do tours yourself, don't you? Yeah, I have staff to do the tours, but I really um, make it a point to actually be interacting on a daily basis with the people coming in. Um, and also I like to see how they react and things I need to change or what's speaking to them or how God is working. Because, again, we're not a religious museum. Um, we're not associated with any denomination. I come from Catholic background myself. However... People, uh, a lot of Protestants come, uh, people who are just atheists or just seeking or just interested in art, period. And you have art from all different religious traditions, don't you, that would have something to do with the Bible? Something to do with the Bible. So basically it's going to be either Christian or Jewish art. Uh, and the thing is, coming from my perspective, from a Catholic background, you know, the Holy Spirit works. There's something about that objective truth from the Bible as it's expressed. Mm-hmm. Uh People get moved. They'll go to tears or they'll uh, confession or whatever it might be. Wow. Um, revival in their hearts. It's really amazing. And we have some of the greatest Catholic artists. And one of the uh, great uh, exhibition areas are, are Michelangelo pieces. Mm. We have 17 Michelangelos. And what they are, what's interesting is, you may not know this, right before World War II began, Mussolini knew war was coming because he was helping start it, right? Uh, with Hitler, right. he had the greatest foundry in Florence make molds of all the great masterpieces, which included all the great Michelangelos that were in Italy at the time. And um, these molds survived World War II, 
and um, in the past five, ten years, a limited number of casts have been made of the original Michelangelo's, and we have 17 of them. So everything from the St. Peter's Pieta to mm. uh, all the uh, uh, Bacchus piece or the late Pietas, um, it's a fantastic Hmm. Grouping of Michelangelo's that are in our atrium. I see. It sounds like a, this is hmm. uh, now. You're. It's not fair. You're telling us all this stuff. We want to really want to go. Our, <laughs> yeah, our got our need attention. To go. What was Absolutely. the website again to get www.biblicalarts.org? And if you know Dallas, we're right across from North Park, which is the highest attended attraction in the state of Texas. It beats Another the Alamo pilgrimage there, to <laughs> which the is shopping. shopping yeah, <laughs> the ladies love that. So they get fine eating and dining and shopping, and then can get blessed spiritually. There you go. Yep. It's beautiful. Well, we're going to talk more to Scott yep. uh, about this uh, beautiful um, uh, the museum. And uh, when we come back, before we do that, I want to remind folks at home, we've got a great website, www.thecatholiccafe.com. Also, I'd love for you to send me an email. Send it to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. With that, we'll be right back. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this is another great moment in church history. How many of us recall in years past a visit to a grandmother or older Catholic friend and being immersed in signs and symbols of the Catholic faith? Crucifixes adorning the walls of every room, a Blessed Mother statue in the garden, rosaries lying on the nightstands, Holy cards and other pictures of saints were everywhere to the point where one could not help but see the faith of the person dwelling in the house. These objects and prayer cards are part of the wonderful tradition of the church known as sacramentals. According to the Catechism of the Catholic Church, a sacramental is a sacred sign by which spiritual effects are signified and obtained through the prayers of the church. Just as working people keep pictures of their loved ones at their offices to remind them of their family when not at home, and just as married couples wear wedding rings to signify the commitment of life and love made to their spouses, so the church encourages us to have sacred objects about us as reminders of our faith. If we truly love Jesus and desire with our hearts to be saints in heaven with him, it is only natural that we should want reminders of our beloved Lord all about us. And what is truly wonderful is these holy objects can help us with our prayer and keep us on the road to sanctity. The church has an ancient tradition of the faithful bringing sacramentals to the priest or deacon to have them blessed. A blessing of an object is a prayer over that object, setting it apart for use for prayer and asking the Lord to allow the object to be used as an instrument of grace. Once blessed, the objects are different in a sense, consecrated or set apart for God, and thereafter deserve a special reverence. We need to ask ourselves, if a stranger came into our home, would he find evidence of our faith? Consider placing a crucifix in every room of your house to be visibly reminded of the supreme love of God in offering his Son, or place a Bible in a prominent space to emphasize the importance of the Word of God. Perhaps have a holy water font in your house so family members can bless themselves before prayer. And be sure to make gifts of religious objects to graduates or young Catholic couples getting married, as these instruments of faith will likely be more important to these young people than anything listed in the bridal registry. I'm Bess Drzymski, and this has been another great moment in church history.
Welcome back to the Catholic Cafe. Here's Deacon Jeff. And we're back in the luxurious corner booth of the Catholic Cafe. I'm Deacon Jeff sitting here with Tom Dorian. Yes, sir. And we're talking to Scott Peck. And Scott is the director curator of the Museum of Biblical Art in Dallas, Texas. And you're telling us all about this great stuff. And I know people appreciate art to a certain degree, mm-hmm. right? But most people probably don't spend much time in front of art, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe, I don't yeah. know if they're intimidated or they don't really know how to appreciate art or how to... Right, and and, and uh, mm-hmm. I just, you, what was the average time you say people will spend in front of a piece of art when they're kind of walking through? Yeah, it's statistics, statistics are pretty clear with this. Uh, you're right. Um, the average person will spend less than six seconds in front of a piece of artwork. And I, I dare you to go to any art museum and you'll and see yet, it's true. I, I've hmm. seen every episode yeah. of the Dukes of Hazard, so I fancy that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, no, people stare at the TV or even at stare at the radio. I right am, now, there I may be amazed. people actually staring at the radio <laughs> thinking, I'm seeing Deacon Jeff and Tom, and but uh, they won't stare at a piece of artwork. And that's even in church, too. You, you see them just glance at a piece why, of stained glass or a sculpture. It's hard. We're not taught to do it. We're not taught. And uh, also, think about this, how many, now some of our parochial schools are pretty good at this, but they've also done the same thing, where they've pulled or taken away from art. Notice how the sports sports are still there. Right. But art and music have suffered, and uh, they're some of the greatest gifts God's given us. Now, I will say this, that I think a lot of people, and maybe I felt this way, Tom, I don't know how you feel about it, uh, about being... Like, well, there are art critics and who mm. are experts, and they're over here, mm. and they understand all these things, and they know what this is called and what that school yeah. is called and who did this and where this came from. And yet mm. here I'm just little old me, and I've not been educated in that way. Mm. And so I wouldn't really know what to say about a piece of art if I looked at it for more than 10 right. seconds, if I spent some time with it. You know, but you what, do know what to say. Well, That's tell us about point, that. You know? um, and you're right. Some of the us versus them kind of a thing, it's some of that's been done on purpose to intimidate us. and. Uh, it's wrong. We all have an opinion, and especially when it comes to biblical art. Uh, do you have a walk with Christ? Yeah. So, yeah. Deacon Jeff, you have something to say about art, and if we just spend time with it and engage, and uh, you know, one of the real simple things that I, I like to bring out is that if we just ask questions, and we can just sub-vocalize them. We don't. We could say it out loud too in right. an art museum, I guess. But um. <laughs> People ask, you know, how can I make a piece of artwork come alive? Or they want to be with me. I want to take you every. I want to take you to the Louvre. I want to take you to the National Gallery. I want to take you to the Met. Uh, you can, and that's simply by knowing the five W's and the H. Right. I remember those from uh, English or yep. uh, journalism class or whatever. Which Who, are when, yeah. where, why, and how? Absolutely. If you start asking yourself those kinds of questions in front of a piece of artwork. And then start answering them. You'll see. You're just having a conversation now. Things. Basically, yeah. It becomes yeah. a very easy investigation, I guess you would say, just because you start to look into it, okay. and you can't help but then start to be, I don't know, moved by it or and illuminated. Now think part. about this. How about layering this on top of that? Now start praying and asking the Holy Spirit to reveal to you. Oh man! Then you'll see everything start opening. Yeah, that up. could really take you yeah. to a place. And think of artwork on a mystical level. I know that may be kind of hard right at first and uh, allow the supernatural to take over. And uh, I think you'll see, discover things uh, that are that will really change your life and make you transform. That's the whole point of art. Biblical art is supposed to transform us. Yeah. A vehicle for the Holy I, Spirit you know, to I just I want to talk for a second mm-hmm. now about um, this great experience that 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 I was gifted to hmm. yesterday when we we went and we had an experience we had um, you know a little art appreciation mm-hmm. class you, you you gave a little talk hmm. and then we w- looked through some some wonderful very very provocative hmm. 
um, emotionally intense sculptures mm-hmm. by um, uh, an artist named Gib Singleton. Mm-hmm. Uh, deceased now just recently, right? Yeah, I've written a couple books on him. Yeah. Uh, Gib Singleton was a great artist based out of Santa Fe, New Mexico. And he's most known for his association and influence on the Pope's Crozier. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, that same technique or approach is used in his 14 Stations of the Cross yeah, at the Basilica. Yeah, everybody knows the, the, the yeah. John Paul II, yeah. you know, Crozier. They know yeah. that, that, that sinking Jesus, yeah. that heavy Jesus that's yeah. hanging on there, and how beautiful that is. Mm-hmm. Well, he has so much art, and it's just so beautiful to see mm-hmm. up close. And you actually kind of walked us through... Um, some of his pieces, specifically yep. the 14 Stations mm-hmm. of the Cross, which I guess he's most known for that, perhaps, or it one is, of the most yeah. popular things. Fantastic experience. There's a life-size set at the Basilica in Santa Fe, and so in an outdoor garden. And then uh, it's become the number one tourist attraction in Santa Fe. Isn't that amazing? Really? Of all places, yeah. Which has more art galleries than anywhere else except New York City. So it's a big, important place for art. Hmm. And then we are I've getting the second that, yeah. set. Yeah, We're getting the second set in Dallas that's going to be outdoors and we're going to be finished construction in about six to eight weeks and then uh, we're going to do our opening time uh, uh, during uh, the Lenten season and so you can actually formally say your 14 stations but also appreciate it as uh, uh, as works of art and uh, it's going to be fantastic well, but something we did while we were mm-hmm. walking around you know usually people love to go to if they go to a museum they want to get with uh, like a docent or mm-hmm. somebody who's going to take them around and who's mm-hmm. going to tell them everything mm-hmm. now this piece was so uh, was commissioned by such and such mm-hmm. and was this and this is it means this and this is what the symbolism of that means mm-hmm. and whatever you did something quite different which I thought was very profound and it was very it was very experiential I just loved it mm-hmm. and you just started asking people well what do you feel when you see mm-hmm. that and what do you feel? And what I was amazed by was how people like the, the Pieta that he mm-hmm. had, this life-size, really just, I don't know, provocative Pieta that just mm-hmm. it, it just takes you into it, mm-hmm. right, literally into it. And, and, um, and you know, it's like, well, I'm, th- I'm feeling something, mm-hmm. and someone else is feeling something. We're all kind of feeling it in mm-hmm. ourselves. But amazingly, what I'm feeling, it may be a little different than yeah. someone else, right? So you start to realize that everyone's got these different feelings, but then, mm-hmm. and yet they're connected. Yeah. And so when one person would say, well, this makes me sad, or this mm-hmm. makes me this, and whatever. And I remember one particular person raised his voice and said it, he saw the Alpha and the Omega mm-hmm. because Jesus' body was being actually taken, his mm-hmm. dead body was be, like sort of taken back yeah. into the womb from yep. whence it came. You know, it's like an Alpha and Omega beginning and an end. And you said the word brilliant mm. at that point. Now, that was me, Tom. I'm, just trying to, I'm <laughs> yeah, sure. It's like, do you I'm remember sure. who that person was? It was it's you. The non- it was before, it's before the non-art critic. Before I knew the, you did a radio program, right. too. <laughs> well, it's a guy that doesn't know that much yeah. about art and yet has realized or, or realizes, you know, with your help that... But do you know Christ? Oh, amen. Exactly. Yeah. And, and, and my experience point. of Christ yeah. is so much deeper. My understanding yeah. of the theology and yeah. the teaching of the church, especially yeah. when it comes to Mary, yeah. right? And when someone looks at that, they can look mm-hmm. at that statue and they can say, well, this is what the Catholic Church is, teaches about yep. Mary and this is why. Yeah. Yeah. And that's what's so important. Uh, anytime you come to our museum, uh, when the way I've trained my staff, the tours are dialogue driven. And we use a little bit of a Socratic awesome. method approach. Because we kind of know where people are probably going to go, but then we'll get surprised, too, with things and go, wow, that is really brilliant. I've never thought of that before. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's why um, it's it's so dynamic to incorporate. Well, I know uh, everyone, everyone there got mm-hmm. something really yeah. deep out of it, and they were, and suddenly but, they were going, wait, there's relevance to all this, and it's relevant to me. Have you ever had an hors d'oeuvre? 
Uh, I've had an order. Okay, so that's what you had. Don't look at my waist. Stop. If, if you want the full meal, you need to come to the museum. There you, you go. only had a taste. We're just given a taste. So, exactly right. Uh, there's, if you like there's that, more to see. there's so much more, and uh, that experience is just one of hundreds of experiences you'll have. And when, when you we come meet in. that hostess that wants to give us a tour, we're going to say, no, we've had the hors d'oeuvre. We want the full, <laughs> the full meal. meal. Get a Scott. <laughs> now, you'll have my whole staff, too. Yeah. I'll, I'll be there as well, but uh, that's the whole point is I've trained my whole staff to have that kind of approach. Oh, that's and great. And so uh, there's a... Uh, dynamism. It sounds uh, like it's there at, at, at your mm-hmm. museum that you really help people understand that art, it was never intended to be made for experts. Not right? for it the elite. It's for everybody. Everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Which, well, it's the gospel for the elite. Amen. You're right. Exactly You're right. right. It wasn't. Of course, it was made for, for everybody. everybody. Yeah. And yet we, we always yield to those scholars, to those people that yeah. will tell me what to think. Yeah. When, in fact, I think especially in art. Yeah. Especially in art, we're really we have we think something no matter what yeah. someone tells us. Right, right. And then someone can help us to think more and deeper and mm. and and see it relate in our lives. Mm-hmm. How powerful that is! Because I just I was moved by that, and I could see mm. the entire room was like thinking, um, "This was really cool." I've never because yeah. most people when you go through a museum, you're kind of very quiet, uh-huh. or you're kind of thinking like, "Where where is the mm. gift shop?" <laughs> you know, or you know, I'm getting yeah. hungry. And yeah. I want one of those twelve dollar hamburgers. Yeah. Where do I find that? You know, mm. and and they, they might they might not be thinking specifically about like just like putting themselves into that piece of art. True, true, true. And that's um, we we try to break all that model and turn awesome. into something something new and vibrant. And um, God, uh, there's so much to see. You're asking about what are the things we have? We have biblical archaeology. So uh, that's fantastic. We have Judaica, too. This whole section on Jewish ceremonial art, and there's so many connections with Judaism. Because you may go, but I'm Catholic. Why would I be interested in Jewish art? Uh, That's the whole point. (laughs) Jesus was a Jew, and, you know, Peter, Paul, they all, you know, they're Jews. There's so many connections that Scripture will come alive when we understand Judaism. Uh, We also have one of the greatest collections of rare Bibles in the world. The first Douay, the first Rames, the first Catholic Bible printed in America, illuminated manuscripts, uh, Gutenberg, Fust. It's basically the whole history wow. of uh, uh, handwritten Bibles as well as printed Bibles. That's awesome. That is. That's really cool. That just sounds like a place mm-hmm. I've got to go now. So I'm making a pledge to everybody on the air and uh, <laughs> that, that I'm going. And, I, and, and everyone who's listening right now needs to go ahead and get on to uh, accountable. Orbits or Travelocity or whatever and yeah. go ahead and book that tour. Mm-hmm. And check out the website on for the museum, www.biblicalarts.org. And that will give you a good feel for things, too. That's absolutely yeah. fantastic. Scott, we really appreciate you taking the time because yeah. you're a busy guy. But you know you love art. And I can tell, right? That's the guy that still does the tours, you yeah. know, that, that walks the floor. You that's really the can guy. tell. You really yeah. can. Yeah. But that, that, I think that's helpful, too. I think people, think so. they're more absorbed in what they're doing when they see well, they the person They teach me, cares. too. That's the whole point. Hmm. You know, you taught me yesterday when we were talking about the Alpha and Omega, and I was going, wow. And that's the kind of experiences that I love. Awesome. My, my, my patrons teach me. Well, let's have many more of them. Yeah, absolutely. I tell you what, we're going to close out in prayer. Thanks you know, so I think much. we're just going to ask Our Lady to be with us. You said yes, you're from a Catholic please. background. Yeah. Well, let's do a little Hail Mary yes. to round out the program. Great. Yes. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thanks for listening to The Catholic Cafe. If you'd like to contact Deacon Jeff, send an email to deaconjeff at thecatholiccafe.com. 
The Catholic Cafe is brought to you by the Order of Malta Federal Association and is broadcast with ecclesial permission from J. Terry Stive, Bishop of Memphis in Tennessee. Join us again at the Catholic Cafe. There's always room for one more at our table.